Hello there, lovely people, and welcome to the very first episode of Out of the Broom Cupboard. I am Chris Johnson. If you're thinking I recognise that voice, it might be because you used to listen to it every weekday, sat next to a talking dog, or perhaps, I don't know, you were already listening to my Big Damn Cast podcast. Either way, thank you so much for joining me on this, a new series which I'm hoping to put out uh, in its entirety before the end of 2019, at least the first series of Out of the Broom Cupboard. It's going to be all about presenters, producers and puppeteers working in children's television and family entertainment. Why? Because I get a lot of questions about it. My time at CBBC and my fellow colleagues from CBBC get asked quite often, how do you get into this? Uh, did you want to be a presenter when you started? Did you want to work in puppeteering, etc, etc? So we thought, why not answer those questions in a handy-dandy podcast series which you guys can pick up and listen to whenever you like. Now, if you'd like the episodes early, they'll be available on iTunes and um, Spotify, but if you'd like them earlier than that, you can contribute to the Patreon. With your help, I'm able to keep up the costs of storing the podcast online, as well as covering basic travel and amenities for guests, myself, whoever I'm going to to record, or whoever I'm getting to come to myself so I can record an episode, with plans of the future to transfer out of the broom cupboard to a live environment. Student halls, comedy clubs, small lecture theatres and halls around the country. If you'd like to see that happen and can chuck even like a couple quid our way, it'd be very much appreciated and help towards expanding the world of Out of the Broom Cupboard. So if you want to lend a hand, go to patreon.com slash OOTBC. This week we have got a fantastic episode to kick off. It is puppeteer Phil Fletcher, who you may know as Hacker the Dog. This is an extra long episode, complete with a massive Q&A with questions sent in by my Instagram followers, who follow me on uh, instagram.com slash officialcdj. You can of course follow Out of the Broom Cupboard on Instagram, just search OOTBC, and about halfway through the episode, you'll hear a few little ads from uh, some familiar voices about upcoming podcast projects, so stick around. But, enough waffle, here it is, Out of the Broom Cupboard, episode one. host a vlog from this corner if you wanted. With the apparatus. You so desire. You do, you've got cameras. You've got lights. Oh, video vlogging. you got a pooey. Oh, I, did do a, I did do an interview in here. Who's in there? Uh, two fish in there. Of course there is. There's two fish in that one. Where's Alan Fishhead? Is he around? Well, the fish is in there. Oh, is that the, is that the head of Alan Fishhead? And I think the body's in there. It's a different bloke. I just took the head off for a, just for a joke. See, I like that character though. He's got the, was it, the head of a fish. And the opinions, opinions of, a fish. of a fish. See, someone else has said that to me today. The violent fish. I chucked it together for the sake of that little bit. It is funny though. Hi. Is this the beginning? It could be. It could be the start of something beautiful. Hello to you and your ears. I'm sat in a room currently with a man, a lovely man. Well, well, lovely. Would you consider yourself a lovely man? Lovely-ish. Lovely-ish. Lovely enough. Sort of an acceptable man. Yeah. I'm just opening a bottle of water now. Oh. Oh, there it is. Just to clarify, it is water. We both just took a swig of our respective liquids. I'm going to put it on that shelf. Phil Fletcher. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. Out of the broom cupboard. I know. It's nice to be out for a bit. For a spell. For a time. (laughs) Till I go back in on Friday. Till you're crammed in. Yeah. Yeah, How often are you... Because, like, for those who aren't aware, Phil is a puppeteer and a performer. Uh, If you weren't aware of that and you're listening to this, I'd be very surprised. But how often are you in the Beeb? Nowadays, would you say Monday to Friday? Well, I do 200 days a year. So, about half an hour every week. Yeah, yeah it works. Much. I think it's about two or three days a week. 
if they work in it in that way. Some days I do five days, some weeks I do five days, and they have to be off another few days or whatever. You don't know your bone, you. Oh. Do you remember when we have to get up in the morning, go there, do it for hours on end? Yeah, I do remember. And then you'd drop me off at Eccles Interchange afterwards, and that'd be at the end of it. Nate Morrison was. For crime reasons. <laughs> well, welcome, Phil. It was the um, crime. To, welcome out of the broom cupboard and your many crimes here. And thank podcast. you for having me on out of the broom cupboard podcast, Chris. I appreciate being on it. Yeah. Is that because you, you like the idea of sitting down and sort of taking a little retrospective look at your career to this point and answering some questions? Or is that because I made it halfway easy and went, no, I'll do it at yours if you want. That helped. Because <laughs> we are in your puppet workshop. We're right in your puppet workshop, yes. If uh, this was a video, we'd flash the photograph up now. Except it's not a video, it so it's not happening. There's no point to that. Just call it out. Leave it in. Leave it in. Well, keep it real. Keep it real, like the kids say. They do say that. Were they? Them. Were they here? They've said other things as well. They've said many things. Wor- worse things, yeah. but things we won't repeat. <laughs> um, but what we will repeat is uh, what I've already said. Like, thank you very much for doing this. My I pleasure. appreciate this a lot. It's it's always lovely to have an excuse to sit down with you in general, and you would be at the same height as me instead of under my legs. Yes, as Which... much as I like that, because <laughs> we've spent many. How many hours, if you were to estimate how many I days... I recognise you straight on. ...we have spent in a situation where you've been laid beneath my knees well, on a trolley. It'll mount up, won't it? Because how many years did we work together? We were on screen together as a duo for just under two years in total, but we, we collaborated and did shift a bunch before that. Years? I've known you for years. Yeah. You've known me since 2010. Actually, no, you've known me since 2009 because you were in my screen test. You were in my first audition. Was that? Yeah, it was you and me. So for those who haven't guessed from the man's voice, Phil is Emlyn the Gremlin. Hey, no one remembers that. He's <laughs> all, not, all, not even Emlyn. Flash up a photograph now of Emlyn. Oh, it's audio. Same thing. Uh, no. And yeah, it, Phil performs Hack of the Dog amongst many other characters for the BBC currently. Fingers crossed, when touch wood, when this goes out. And and has puppeteered for many years, and we'll get into all of those many years. Yeah, but, 30 um, years, actually. 31 years. 30, 31 years, which is remarkable, considering you're 29. I'm on the early 20s, yeah. Dirt, in a way. Okay. Uh, we met, um, we'd probably met before, and knowing the fact that we both tend to hang, or used to tend to hang around the Trafford Centre when it was interesting. But we met in 2009, it was late October, and I just got my call to have my audition for So Pres. you literally only started about six months after me then? Yeah, you were May, May. 2009. Yeah. You and uh, the late, not Great. because he's dead, because he's not here yet. He's late. Ian Sterling. Uh, the two of you started in May 2009. It, I forget that it was so close to you starting. Only six months, I think. Yeah. Good, well, well, I auditioned in October. And um, they brought me in, and I was I was vaguely aware of CBBC. I was ready to prepare to improvise some links, and I was very I was aware of the channel because I was still as a college student and then a uni student temporarily watching Deadly Sixty. So when you started, Sarah Jane Adventures. When you did your audition, at what level of talkativity was Hacker then? Uh, he was vocal. He was definitely saying words, but it was in that kind of because I can't remember that caveman sort of speak. Uh, no, I've, I've like George Lucas with the holiday special, I've burned every copy oh, yeah. and smashed it with a hammer. See, I never saw my audition tape. I can't imagine. I can only imagine it was god-awful. <laughs> when I came in with you, it was... Because I wasn't aware of Hacker. I came in and they went, right, so you're going to be doing your thing. You were hidden behind the desk and walked into the, that tiny edit room oh, yeah. in TV Centre that had been turned so into a studio. Pre- was I already in situ? You that? were in situ and they brought me in and they went, are you going to be doing your links with Hacker? And you popped up from behind the desk and went, I don't quib. And I was like... 
I don't know what that is. That's not the cactus, but fair enough. I won't know. I will adapt yeah. and see how I get on. I wonder why. Um, that's so funny that they give me people auditions so early on because I've only been hmm. there six months. Well, I think I think it was because you were the only puppet at the time. I must be only one. Which is odd because they were looking for a, they were looking for a human counterpart to Ed. So it was weird to try with the I puppet. I can't Ed wasn't free then. He wasn't there yet. It was still. I think it was you and Ian doing the bulk of the work. And I think Dan and Jeff were doing. So the they were looking weekends. for Ed and. Ed was Ed and Outro were coming back for one last run for Christmas. The month, yeah. Uh, it was the it was the the last month where they were in every day, and I think they did nearly every shift. I think you and Ian were doing mornings for some of that month. Yeah, they did afternoons, I think, for that month. And then because uh, they had like the Kiki D mannequin instead of a Christmas tree and all that stuff. But then they knew that Outro was going because uh, Warwick was going to do Mongrels, Mongrels Series yeah. One, so they needed a human to be with Ed for weekends. I didn't realise that was the plan. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if they. I mean, having you know, work there on and off over the years. I don't. I don't think they ever entirely know what the plan is for getting new recruits. It just was sort Ed of, there? How long was of, Ed? Just auditions kind of just happen. How long was Ed there then? In that for that Ed, bit? Uh, for that stretch, he came back for December and then left in May. So how long was he with you then? About six months then. Was that oh, well, about five, five a bit month. Yeah, it feels longer. Yeah, egg and crest. That's why. It was good. But that was yeah. So my my first meeting with you was this. This rat popping up from behind the desk yeah, going... It was, it was all wretched, wasn't it? Hello, crowd, we're covered in moths! Or something. Um, and we bonded over the fact that we had, like, mutuals in the Salford and Wigan area. Yeah. And bantered around about that for a bit. Because you came in, you were like, where, 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 you're at, where are you from? I'm from Salford. And I knew you'd Pen- you, you knew Pendleton College. Yeah. So, yeah, that was that was, that was how we sort of... Funny. Well, you remember it better than I. Well, I remember it because I... It was my first time in London... After about three years, I've been down for some theatre, see some theatre. First time in London, first time in Television Centre. It's interesting, isn't it? It was such a yeah. It was such an iconic building. Well, to me, it says Morecambe and Wise start well, a children yeah. in need. Like that's that's what yeah. it said to me. When and, you wander around it, yeah. it's so it was so recognisable from things you've seen on telly, mm. the donut and what have you. It's, oh God, I've seen it on telly. <laughs> and then it, I watched Des O'Connor step out of a door and fall out of a thing or whatever. Yeah, I think and... TC6, I think, is with the East <laughs> to do Canon, Mark and Wise. Yeah, you said Canon and Ball. They're right, TV. How dare you? How dare you confuse the two? Just as good, in my opinion. Well, are they? Yeah. No disrespect to Tommy and Bobby, but are they? Yeah, um, oh, like God. Them. So you don't want to say anything because you're from the cabaret circuit, so you don't want, well, to, you don't want word to get back well, to them. I do like them, and I've worked with the sons a lot. So cabaret, is that your first professional bout of puppeteering outside of a hobby then? Yeah, it was cabaret, yeah. Because you toured, didn't you? Kids for, years, for years and years and years. Yeah. And uh, I first started doing puppet shows when I was 11. Yeah. I was doing kids' parties locally for kids who weren't much younger than I was doing them. Started making puppets at 11, started my own company at 11. It was 1988, it was in the school holidays between leaving primary school and going to high school. And in that six weeks, I started everything. Pogs haven't come out yet, so you had, you had to do something. There's no pogs, whatever that is. time. <laughs> Yeah, might be going. That might be going not, but far back enough. There was, uh, it was. I don't remember. I can't even remember what prompted it. Really, was it a love of the medium? Like, were you a Muppet fan as a yeah, kid? Yeah, Muppet and... fan as a kid. I'd always done puppets with puppets you can buy, and I can only assume it got to a stage where buy the ones you can buy uh, big enough for your hands or what have you. Yeah. Well, they've, they've, I mean, years different stores and different options have come about, and obviously with the internet, people can buy customs now. But puppets have always been sort of limited as an option that you can purchase out in the wild. In the 80s, they were. Did that spurn you into making, or were you already crafty? Must have been. I used to make them out of paper and what have you prior to that, and cardboard and tape and all just crap you find around the house. But then in 88, and I do remember it as being quite a 
I remember it was clear as a bell. I went to the shop and bought some fur in Wigan. Times Craft Shop. That's gone, obviously. Disappeared. Because it was 31 years ago. <laughs> Many moons. I bought some fur, made a puppet. Still got that same very puppet. Is a photograph what, now. What's their name? There's no photograph. It's the audio medium. Oh, yeah. Josh's what? name, isn't that him there? Josh is over there. Oh, the little fella in the suit. That is the first puppet I ever made, 88. He's beautiful. Yeah. Has it, have, you, have you like refurbed him a little as time's gone no, by? No, that it, is as he is. That is so that stood 38, 31 years. Yeah. That's phenomenal. He looks amazing. I bought the blue fur from Wigan. I bought the checked cloth for his suit from Bolton Market. Good stock. I used to do that <laughs> puppet in my live show. That's the only puppet I've still got from that that, that time. Everything else would have been binned or, or cannibalised for other puppets. For next and puppet, yeah, like but that. I've always yeah. kept him. The eyes were nicked from a pink, a pink panther toy I bought from a car boot sale. Ah, is that the yellowish but he had, hue? It had eyebrows on top, so I pulled the eyebrows off. Sorry, just to reiterate, you nicked it from a car boot sale. No, I got that. I nicked the eyes. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. And you went in, just stole the eyes. No, from the no. Boot. I bought the pink panther, nicked the eyes, binned the rest of it. <laughs> I think I made that puppet before I put the eyes in. I think. I feel bad for whoever loves the pink panther in that area. No it was like, I want to get that. Oh, that lad bought it. Would you believe the lad who was selling it lived in the house next door to me here now? Yeah. Before I lived in this house. Shut up. That's bizarre. Fate that. Yeah. It's fate in a way. It was a fate. It can't be. So was puppeteering the goal? From an early age, as, yes. as a when, when you when you know you get to that age where you can you four. perceive what a job is. I was about four or five or something. Yeah, and you went. That's what I want to do. Probably do, yeah. Okay. I didn't give it any thought. I didn't give any more thought as to how. And started at eleven professionally doing it. I started making money at eleven. Yes, yeah. I'm that, that's professional. That's yeah. professional. That might not be on bloody you know getting a review in the stage magazine or be on equity, I was, but it, you're I earning money. I remember charging twelve quid a show, twelve mm. pound. And I did a hand-drawn leaflet. Oh, God, in 80s money, that's... That's pretty good. It was about 13 pounds. That's, that's 400 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did a hand-drawn flyer. No wonder you had material to make more puppets. You were yeah. robbing everyone blind. I think that was quite an expensive shop, that where I got the blue fur from it, wasn't it? Well, it, it stood, it stood well, the test of time. 31 years. So he's definitely, he's definitely good stock, lad. I bought... Uh, <laughs> I, I started doing... So I did a hand-drawn flyer of all the puppets at the time. Yeah. Didn't even have a photograph of them. So a drawing of a puppet show isn't the best way to sell a puppet show because it's not a picture of them. <laughs> Which you can see now. Oh, it's not the ah. medium. So I drew this outline thing, pencil drawing of all the characters, photogra- photocopied it at school mm-hmm. and stuck it up in the corner shop window there and I started getting kids pu- puppet shows. There you go. So I was working at 11, earning 12 quid a show. Maybe that's why we get in the gigs. Maybe you were the cheapest. I was the cheapest of, of the all cheapest the juvenile option. puppet shows in England. <laughs> Everyone else, was 30. Was... Everyone else was 13 quid and expected a sandwich as well. Oh, I didn't it before I went. If you could go back now and introduce 11-year-old you to the concept of a rider, what would 11-year-old you's rider be? Uh, Probably the same, Yorkie. I imagine. A Yorkie? Yeah. Okay. Or the brands of chocolate uh, are available. They're not, they're not a, it's a solid a block. I never have a rider. Occasionally people do put things, if I do gigs, they do put stuff. Once I was given loads of Doritos and the <laughs> That was, that, one of, that was one of ours, actually. Because I asked... A lot of Doritos and Lucas ate. They did a joke. Yeah. But then they did do it. But then they did do it. And I think... I think you that was Yorkies as well. Yorkies, Lucas ate, and Doritos. You and Big Calf then accidentally got riders. Because I remember it, Thistle's, mentioned, Thistle's mentioned that a certain diet beverage has sometimes been there waiting for at some well, of the live things. was that? That was Newcastle Gateshead, if I remember correctly. Because yeah. yeah. I had my name written on the bottles, didn't they, as well? On the yeah, liquor. someone had taken the time to write your name on all I of them. only assumed they were taking the mic. I think so, but, but all I the same, still, you still got the deal, yeah. a Costco's worth of those three I did, things. All right, yeah. You did okay. Um, so you got into professional puppeteering at an early age. You get to the point of developing a company in your tour. 
Tell me, give us a little soundbite. What the hell is the Glovets? Glove puppets. All right, that's all it is. It was so... a, again. It was in that six-week gap between leaving primary school. In fact, this is interesting. I left. In, I'm not sure if this is still the case, but when that, in primary school you have a certain amount of time off, and then this other school is one extra week, or vice versa. Yeah, when, yeah, when I when I left primary. High school didn't start for another like week or so. Right, that was the case then. Back, so yeah. that in that case, so I left primary, got the act going, built some puppets, got a set, made a show, and then I had an extra week off when the primary school went back. So in that week in between, before I started high school and the, and the primary school going back to school, I went back to that school and did shows. Oh, okay. For the classes in the first week of the new term, which would have been whatever that was, eighty eight or whatever. So I had a name, I did a name for the act, Glovitz, that's all it was, Glove Puppets combined into one word, the Glovitz. It works beautifully. It's not really a word I use now, because it obviously it's, it's obviously sounds like Muppets, but I was only a kid then. If I was going to start now, I don't use that word really, I don't use the company name. Yeah. It's still my live show, but I don't really do anymore. But if I was to start now, I wouldn't do that, because it's a bit obvious, but it wasn't then. There was no internet then, you see, there was no... Well, exactly, you wouldn't hear any stories about sort of copyright or, or whatnot really unless it happened to you like yeah. unless it happened to you you wouldn't really know oh that's a bit skirting close or oh you can get a wrist slap also nowadays you can sort of look things up and say if this is appropriate or if this has been done then yeah. it was just you just had to do it just a thought road drew it on my flyers again got on photocopied started working and i've never stopped tell us about lab rat lab rat came out years later i did a show he was the Josh, the blue one, again, from the, the first one, was in the show for a while. A bit nondescript of a character. Just to, basically, he was my equivalent of Kermit, i.e. the host. Not Nothing much more to him. But then I came up with Labrat in 94, who is a bigger puppet, live hands, which means you can do more with him. He's a beauty as well. It, it, I'm assuming he's in here somewhere. I don't think he is in here. No, he's up in the attic. Oh, my gosh. Box, I've not quite finished this workshop. Aging rapidly. Aging, as we all are. <laughs> as we all are. Um... <laughs> But he had a bit of something about him in the sense that he had a job as he was a scientist and mm. he was a I did a bit of telly with him actually in the mid nineties. Well, you did Channel M. Even prior to that, I used to do, wasn't it? Yeah. I used to do nine X cable comms, which is that little square. Bloody Nora, yeah. Do you remember that? I do. I do. I, I was very young, but I'm aware of it. Yeah, probably probably because I went to uni in that building a bit and and saw Adelphi the, the House. Pieces though, up. Yeah, that is where we used to shoot. There was a studio in there. I don't know if it still is. It's probably at uh, Media City now, the Salford site there. Actually, I said, wait, probably, that's where the facilities are probably all moved for that. But we but... used to film, I did a yeah. two or three shows with them, with Lab Rat. We did some, had some meetings about doing a potential, another thing that's going to make it sound, make me sound old, a CD-ROM. Oh, good Lord, you dinosaur! I don't yes. even know what that was then, I don't know what it is now. Well, you know you know them apps? Yeah. Imagine that on a disc, but it takes half an hour to load. That? That's, yeah. That was the meeting. So I had a meeting about those. Never, <laughs> never happened, obviously. As things in this business do, never, often never happen. You, have to, you have to be insanely proactive to get something to happen now. Because it's usually in the hands of other people. Yeah. But I suppose that's a bonus of having the cabaret, was it was it was your baby. Well, that and is and why... Labrat was your character. Because by this point, like say, you had original characters. They're all original in the show, They're all yeah. yours. Amongst those characters, correct me if I'm wrong, Mr. Derek McGee. Derek McGee was in that, yeah. Who is currently uh, in? Because uh, to reiterate, we're sat in Phil's puppet workshop. He's, he's currently over a Michelle. He's now, peeking yeah. at you from a from a from a draw. The he, he was. He's towards, a beautiful design. Thank you. He was towards the end of the cabaret years. Mm. So two thousands, he came around. Yeah, mid to that, mid early. Because he's a great design. He's he's got. Because I think I think it's impossible. And again, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's impossible to not hearken to the sort of Henson brand of it's puppets. It's really hard, because you're using the same they're, they're materials. So much, yeah, and there's so much in the consciousness. Mm. Like it's, it's like Frankenstein's monster. Again, I'm looking at Frankenstein's monster head in front of me. So many Frankensteins now are 
green square head bolt in the neck because Karloff and whatnot you know they do it first and it sets a that's that's the yeah that's what people see but that being said Derek has got so many like nice unique touches to him I remember first seeing that puppet uh, a version of it in Prez yeah and being absolutely the funny thing with with puppets in these this style of puppetry is so what you do to be original it's still your hand in that so you even by just putting your hand up in front of you now doing that it's, that looks like Kermit, even with nothing on it. Yeah. It's the same shape. So you really are on a losing battle to create anything totally original. Yeah. So you just got to try. Well, they, they they kind of crafted what family entertainment and television in particular well, saw as the puppet. They created the soft to the touch TV puppet that you know mm. now that everyone... It looks odd when people deviate from that. Yeah, but that was, bef- that was before it. It's true, yeah. Things before it were hard, like vent dummies on telly. Well, that, that's the thing, because again, ventriloquist dummies, you don't... That, that as an act has sort of become a lesser art, a, a lesser regarded art, despite obviously being a different... It's like a similar talent set for the puppeteering side, but a different talent set from the performance angle. Ventriloquist generally, and their skill is the ventriloquism. They The, the yeah. puppet, the, the, they, the, the fact that they have to use puppets is just a byproduct of that skill, otherwise there's nowhere to put that skill. Do you think that's where the marriage of the simpler Henson-like design and and uh, the sort of the more direct personality-driven performance comes in and why that's replaced, ventri- like why that eventually replaced ventriloquism over the course of the years as sort of the the thing? Because imagine you've got the 50s say, what do you think of puppets? People go, like, oh yes, Sir Charles or whatever. He's hilarious, isn't he? That's what they'd think. Yeah, but nowadays that's pretty much was all there was though. Is it because the puppet itself is almost a distraction from the the skill? Like it's it's a blanket to the. the well, the, the puppet is a more in the ventriloquism sense. Yeah, the puppet is a a necessity to utilize that skill. Otherwise, it's just a voice coming from nowhere, and your mm. mouth's not moving. There's no real home for that skill. Yeah. And I, see that I, it always sits weird with me when I see modern ventriloquists using Muppet-like characters. Yeah, see, I prefer them when they use vents. Yeah, yeah, because again, it's it's there's something about part of that it. package. Yeah, plus, then, plus you're also like me, a connoisseur of rubbish horror films. As, yes, exactly. So you get an extra kick from there's something, that's a terrifying puppet. And I enjoy the fact that these things do make noises, clunky or your knee. Yeah, I'm not a fan of ventriloquists using soft puppets. Yeah, I want a clacky, creaky, wooden, hideous, <laughs> terrifying dummy. I mean, you own at least one of those. I collect them. I, li- I do have about three or four. You, I was going to say you should show me, but then I, I thought, no, please never do. That's horrifying. Yeah, these the side. I've, 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 I've met Cl- I've Clifford. met Clifford and used Clifford myself. Um, there is something appealing. He's designed to look creepy. Yeah, was it? Yeah, there is something appealing about that to me. But <laughs> you know, ventriloquists are a funny thing because it's a it's a skill. So you can't deny it. it's a very good thing. It's a trick, a good trick, but in, but at what point do you cease to be impressed with the trick? Yeah, mm. like it, the material has to be consistent enough exactly. to distract you. Yeah. yeah, that's. I was a big fan of Keith and Orville. Mm. Yeah, actually, well, again, but again, like the, the, there was a wealth of material enough. For actually, them to... he was a very technically good ventriloquist, but had he not been, even it wouldn't have really mattered because mm. the characters Orville and Coddles are so great and strong, it carries it through. But then, if you see, you could see a, some, you could watch someone who's a brilliantly good technical ventriloquist but if the act is rubbish their act's rubbish yeah true whereas do you get... if, if I'd rather watch someone whose mouth is moving but with good gags how often do people describe what you do as ventriloquism and how much does it get on your nerves it doesn't get on my nerves at all <laughs> but often yeah it's a lot of the time isn't it people I, I question myself and, and I'm sure others who were behind the office desk got asked was like so how do you do the voice yeah. to us 
And it's like, oh, they what it to do Ian. you mean? They used yeah. to say it to Ian a lot. It's like, oh, yeah. but it's in, in both his hands are in shot. Yeah. Oh, oh, look, like that is the most common question I still to this day get asked, and I can imagine it's the same for Ian and for Katie and for Ed and Holly. And, I know, witnessed like... the Ian asked it <laughs> when I was under there when people came in to visit us. Yeah, how are you doing the voice? It's like whilst there's three feet between him and Hacker, yeah. who is looking at them and, an... like, talking to them as they're speaking to him. There's other things sometimes. If I meant about doing a meet and greet with Hacker, I won't be hidden. I'll just be stood there doing it. Because... I love that. I love it. I, I love that. that. And, and I can understand why you'd want to protect it a little more. But at the same time, it's very much a testament to, and again, I, I've had the, 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 the honour, dare I say it, to witness this several times with yourself and Warwick Brown the Pike, who listeners might know is Ouch of the Cactus or Dodge the Dog, no. if they're CBBC fans. Um, it's wonderful because it show, it's a testament to how good you two are at bringing characters to life. Because nine out of ten people in a room, with you walking in that room with Hacker on your arm, and you just talking to people with Hacker on your arm, yeah. nine out of ten people are watching Hacker. Oh, they, the know, tenth is either the overly curious or the colleague who's seen it before uh, yeah. is watching you. More or often than you. not, people will just engage with the puppet. Yeah, but, you do get the odd one who asks you, who tells you, oh, your mouth's moving. You're very good at this. Oh, oh your mouth's moving. <laughs> you're like, yeah, that's why I'm not sat next to Hacker yeah. on screen, you numpty. That's but not what the job is. If you is. have it enough over the years, I don't mind it. <laughs> I was finding mildly amusing. I know we were talking earlier on today and uh, you were saying that telly was never your goal. No. Puppeteering was your goal. Yeah. And you, steering that vehicle yourself, created that job, made it work. I think it's the only way to do I never applied for stuff. I mm. never would have... Um... You, were, you, you approached more than you applied, weren't you? People yeah. would say, would you do this? Would you do that? That's how it started. I f- then I f- you do end up getting an agent and stuff and the work just floods and then you, you feel... You end up turning stuff down often. Not mm. well, you could bookings or or sometimes, especially when you're running your own business. I imagine you can also get those instances where you're just like, "I'm going to be knackered that day. Yeah. I don't want to do that." No, often I would be part re- of the charm of being your own boss. But often I take everything, and then because you never know when it's going to dry up. I remember doing forty-five or something nights on the bounce was at the busiest Crikey. time without a night off. Traveling the country, doing that would have been doing that the summer holidays. I used to travel the country. I used to do two thousand miles a week. Were you up and down the country? Were you? I'm assuming as a, just a fan of puppets, you were aware of the the characters on children's TV and children's BBC in particular over the years. I would have been up to obviously Albert, and then was there anything after that? Emlyn a little. Emlyn the Gremlin for a bit, and then Never the Bear popped up on live for a while. I wouldn't have been unaware of that probably. I was unaware of Hacker when they approached me to do it. Well, that again, something a lot of people forget. You are. Was a hacker, hacker too. Yeah. You're Patrick Troughton. I'm Patrick Troughton. Yeah, yeah um, he was Hacker too as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> God. Hacker appeared in a show called Scoop. Yeah, with the uh, the late great, not because he's dead, but because he's just not showed up yet. Sean show. Williamson. Yeah. John hacker, Williams. Williamson. Sean Williamson. Barry. Barry from EastEnders is there. He shortcuts will be on his tombstone. He's lovely, isn't he? Lovely man. Yeah. He's proper lovely. I, I got to meet him a couple of times Impressive. when you did when you did Scoop when it came back. We, he came in as, as Digby Digworth a couple of times. Oh, it was good. It was good. He came in character. He was great. He's proper into it. So but, we did. Yeah. When they asked me to do Hacker for Prez, they'd had some puppets in the in the preceding years. They'd had actual the cactus. Yeah, I only knew that because I knew Warwick. Yeah, and I played and his you, uncle. Right, spell it out. So that. Ed and Outcho fans listening right now probably remember Outcho's relatives. The ginger obsessed Uncle Frank. That was me, yeah. Was you. That was the first thing I'd ever done on CBBC in Vision. As yeah. a puppeteer, I mean. Prior to that, I'd made puppets for them. Yeah. I made the hamster from the shredder. Yeah, the shredder hamster, who I, I sort of temporarily 
interacted with. That, that was, was the yours. first puppet I'd made for it. That was early Ed Nature, wasn't it? Yes, early Ed Nature, and then uh, it came back just before Ed left and Warwick and I teamed up as Chris and oh, Dodge. Really? The hamster, the hamster, Shredder continued. I forgot about the hamster. Briefly. The hamster only came back briefly. Well, I built that puppet for them. So I've been into, I've been involved with them since 2007 or something. What was the cactinium for ginger? Can you remember? Oh, Fligum. 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 <laughs> now, is this true? I think Warwick's told me this. Oh, I've driven him insane. Yeah, that? you... For the, for Outro, there was sort of scripted dialogue, but it was up to the performer and the performer of the relatives mm. to then just translate it into the cactinium in gibberish. The script writers would write it in English for Warwick. So this is like what you've done recently with Sooty, with Sweep. Sweep, oh, yes, has, Engli- Sweep, Sweep has English script. It's all in, it's all scripted, yeah. Yeah. But you you say it in squeaks, or in yeah. this case, Fligum. But you can tell with Sweep, you can tell what he's saying, I think. Because it's not just a squeak, it's like a, a read thing. So it does, you, you do get the... So it's, like, it's like talking of, through a trumpet. or Pretty much. Or, or, or a kazoo. It, it's more like a kazoo, it is that, yeah. yeah. So you can work out what he's saying based on what they said before it. Warwick once said to me that you either lost where you were in the script or just went off on one do it. and just kept saying Fligum. I kept saying weird. Which was just making him laugh. I kept, it was furious. So Outro was laughing, but then afterwards he was annoyed about yeah, it. Yeah, it was, it was furious. <laughs> and I said, well, so basically the script was in English. <laughs> yeah. I said, I can't do this. I can't make up this tat. I'm from Cabaret. I did jokes. I was doing proper. Yeah. I can't just go on telly and go blah, 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 blah. I just couldn't do it. <laughs> Stupid. And Warwick was really good at it. He, me, he bought into all that. He puts more effort in than I do generally. Across the board. Um, <laughs> Although I've always said, like, Warwick, Warwick's the puppeteer, you're the performer. Yeah, he's the the two, the two of you deliver quality work. <laughs> yeah. Warwick's the guy, Warwick's the guy who... If you, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but, like, Warwick, Warwick's about the craft a little more. Yeah. Where, this isn't to, like, put either of you down in, in the separate categories. It sounds like, it like is, but... Warwick's... You're, you're rubbish. Are you going to mention <laughs> me as much in his one, are these? No. No, I refused, I refused. In fact, his rider is not allowed to say your name. I didn't want to be. I've got it. to refer to you as Lucasade. So, like, Warwick, Warwick's, about, Warwick's more about the craft and getting the shot right. You're more about getting the laugh and getting the energy right. He wants the quality, I want the cheap laugh. You're like, you, you both work really well in a live environment <laughs> and, and on live television. Your skill has, I think, is honed because of your cabaret. It's cabaret, definitely. And because of your influences as well, like uh, the, the things that you absorb as, as a comedy fan. I couldn't have done Hacker as well if I'd not done the cabaret before. For it because it's mm. lift, it's directly linked to it. The only difference is you're looking at a human instead of another puppet or yeah, or, or, or the, the edge of the set. More, mm. I think it's more less than looking at them; it's listening to it mm. with an audience. Of course, if they're laughing at a gag, you don't do your next gag for a bit. You you learn that, but then in the yeah. t- on TV, of course, I utilise that by using the gallery and me talk back. Yeah, so you sort of give that. that natural pause, but it, it's not. A probably using the word wrong. It's not a diegetic sound. It's not like you can hear people in the room laughing. No. You sort of hear a little bit of thing. You, you can hear it in your ear. You use that and then you carry yeah, on. Yeah, use it as a guide. Yeah. So, you, so if people are finding something mildly amusing, it's different on stage. If someone finds something really funny on stage, the chance that they'll find it mildly amusing on telly. <laughs> At least we should hope. Because people like, oh, don't laugh in the same way you would in a th- theatre. Oh, no. Oh, no. But if the gallery are laughing, you think, well, these are finding this funny. People at home would be finding it mildly amusing as well. Fingers, so you fingers do ga- bloody crossed. Cross. So you do, you just hold, you just ho, ho. gauge it. Ho 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 ho. Um, what were we saying prior to that? We started a point there. The fligum thing. I was driving fligum, insane yeah. with that because I couldn't do it. And uh, so Warwick wrote the Cactinian lines next to mine. I just went. I'm in one link. Dodge. What's his name? Outro wasn't in it. <laughs> not the not the furry one. The green one. The green one. The green so one. I was next to Ed going. 
Plim plop. <laughs> and then Warwick was going mad. And I said, well, Uncle Frank's older, so you're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Frank could have been senile. Exactly, but he... It could have been senile. He wasn't. Oh, gosh. I won't have it. Fling him. You mustn't. He came back at two or three times. He was the most recurring of the Cactus cactuses. Yeah. How, how unique is that for them to build that many of them and they just sort of come in and out briefly? There was three. Oh, and was it about tweaking? It so it was, it was a puppet yeah. body. It was so, a, like, so like Jam Lady and There was a little Jay round Rose. one, which was Frank, and then there was one, there was a thin one, there was that big flat one, wasn't it? Like your classic. <gasps> yeah, which had like a little... Little, little tiny mouth. That came in. tiny oven back mouth. That what, came and played. What's the name for that kind of mouth? Is there a term for it? No, but you would... If you were to liken it to the, something the, the you know, it's Beaker Mouth. It's what he would say that, were he British. If he was in that film. If he was in that thing with the stuff. Yeah. Well, what did you make of Ian when you first got together, Mr. Ian Sterling? I thought he was good. Because we were thrust together, he was a stand-up comedian. It was weird because we auditioned, I don't know you a similar story earlier, but we auditioned separately. So my screen test, my dummy presenter as it were, was that it was Sam Nixon? Oh, right, because Sam and Mark were doing holiday cover. They were doing holiday cover. And, pieces, yeah. and at lunchtime, Mark went for his lunch and they asked Sam would he hang around, and he did. And Sam still says that he's responsible for Hacker getting on. <laughs> and he probably is. So I did my audition with him. So you know who to blame now, folks. Yeah, but I sadly, <laughs> I have no memory of it, nor have I ever seen it. Probably for the best. Yeah. As weird as that sounds, like it, it's. You know, as a performer, you do judge yourself when you watch back, which is one of the freedoms that we were kind of offered for live presentation is you don't really have the time to review what you've done and be critical it's very of yourself. Disposable. It's great, actually. Because it's in and out. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's more like mucking about with your mates, essentially. There's no point dwelling on it. And you hope people enjoy it and you hope your bosses don't have a, a problem with it or a big enough problem with it that you have to change something drastically. Yeah, well, I've been there for 10 years, so it's obviously going... Well enough. It's doing okay. It's either, it'll kick off one day. One, are, one, one day it'll they're either loving it. it or they can't be bothered looking for a replacement. <laughs> it's, either way is good for me. Ian and Hacker was because um, you know not not to think you Dan and Jeff or, or Holly and Dunstan, but Ian and Hacker I think was the next Ed and Outjo in terms of a double act that resonated with that. Yeah, it was with, with the viewers. There was of that no channel. saying it would work because as I said, we didn't meet until we started working together. We didn't audition together. We didn't meet. Yeah. So you, you were a created double act with no prior double act experience? No, I'd never worked with which I'm a, sure which I'm sure isn't, another person. Isn't uncommon in, in CBBC presentations. No, I'm sure, really. it's, I'm sure it's not uncommon across the board, really, but it doesn't always work. You wouldn't, it, there's no guarantee it would have worked. Mm. And then people always say, oh, you know, it's just go on the go, go on the go for in Philip Schofield. And they forget that was 18 months. Yeah. That well, wasn't it, an ongoing it, thing. It's and not really also the same, because God and the Gopher wasn't a puppet read. Well, that's the thing, too. He, yeah, he's sort of like a sentient stuffed toy. Yeah. And and Phil was, um, you know, Phil was the weight there in terms of carrying the, the job. Gordon was this, like, beautiful little cherry on top. Same with Ed the Duck. They both had personalities, but they were a cherry on top to, Ed the, more to the links so because and to the, the cupboard stuff. Ed was performed in a way where the, the voice, mm-hmm. the duck call voice, was performed externally, so you could get yeah, more out of it than just the squeak of Gordon yeah. was in the head. It was just a squeak. You couldn't compare Gordon to Sweep, for example. Oh no, yeah, because Sweep Sweep enunciates an emote. Exactly, so you can get more out of him. You couldn't really with Gordon, but then not obviously... to take away from him because he's very popular. Oh no, of course. But and like... I performed him in recent years on Keith and Paddy's picture show. Yeah. Um, ooh, I, let's confess it. I briefly performed as Gordon for some publicity stills for the 30th anniversary. Oh, I remember. Yeah. yeah. I I for that. And if he ever listens to this, he's going to crucify me. I, for that, do you remember, we had to take some stills and there was no one available. I was writing for presentation at the time. 
on weekdays and doing shout-outs Saturday the weekends. And someone said to you, could you do them both? And you went, no. no. I mean, you could, but the shots but were the obvious So you went, get Chris over. And I filled in for just some still photography for Gordon, Ed the Duck, and Outcho the Cactus, yeah. which, sorry, Warwick, if you're listening. He won't be listening. Um, He'll only listen to his own one. <laughs> he probably won't listen to that. No, he's, he's, he's in one of those boxes now. He's, he's next to Derek Magee and Alan Fishhead. And all that, the other popular characters. That was a good uh, time, yeah. That was good because it was, it was a way to sort of see how things are, you know, what 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 people remember and what stuck around and what was memorable and meet people in the industry. I I'd never I'd never uh, aimed to be a CBBC presenter. It just kind of happened. But even I was like, oh, I I really love your work and I really remember watching you and really loving it. And I'd met Dave Chapman a bunch of times and you know, lovely, got on with him. He's a nice fellow. But then I met. Otis and I got starstruck because yeah, suddenly it was like oh my god it's my childhood I remember watching you Ian and Hacker I think we're now seeing uni students in particular college and uni students I'm getting a lot more people who are older now approaching me uh, which makes me feel old as sin and then I remember that I started at 18 so I can take a breather and yeah. it's fine well I am old so yeah, I started at 32 you're 48 years <laughs> young 28 months and 70 you're not that old um withered but you are withered um, withered, yeah. wizened in a way but you're not you're a youthful vibrant man wearing a fish shirt fish head he's actually wearing a fish shirt picture now audio medium uh, Doesn't work. but i get a lot of student uni students in particular now coming up to me to say like we used to watch we used to watch it and the first characters they always mention whether they're like sort of 18 22 whatever they always mention outcho and they always mention hacker and more often than not, the human they always mention is Ian. Yeah. And I think it's because Ian and Hacker was, we was the first time. thing since Ed and Outcho to resonate. We that were on way. for uh, We only did four years or something, did you did you say? You yeah, we worked out before Ian Ian was with you from May two thousand nine to January twenty thirteen. So nearly four years. Four years yeah. yeah. So that is the longest double act on CBBC, I'd say. Yeah. Disappeared every summer to go and be a superstar comedian in Edinburgh. Yeah. Because we actually had sign cards done with us both on Ian and Hacker. I don't think anybody's had that since us. I during that time they did. There was Ed and Chris ones. Did you have them as well? Yeah, and there was for a very brief spell there was Chris and Dodge ones as I well. Remember those. Yeah, very brief. Very brief. I don't think there was ever Chris and London ones, and I don't think there was ever any Chris and Hacker. There was definitely no Chris and Hacker. No, there ones. weren't. Um, we we. Um, well, that's fine because we didn't want to be seen near each other. I want to be committed to paper. Outside of sort of this on garage. camera work and this this workshop of dreams, you worked with Ian for that duration of time. Yeah, and that turns into a very strong double act. Mm. You hadn't really been a double act. You worked, you'd obviously worked with people, other puppeteers and things like that as part of acts. I'd only worked with other puppeteers. With... I'd never worked. I'd never worked alongside a person. Mm. Well, just just does Frank Sidebottom count as a person? Because you've done some Channel M stuff. I did a lot of stuff with yeah. him, but I'd say he does. He doesn't really. No, he's a puppet. Yeah, to me, he is, he's yeah. a puppet character. He's got puppet. Lot, well, anybody who plays a character who's got who can uh, work, exist within the puppet laws, <laughs> the laws of puppet done. Yeah, which what, I consider. What are the puppet laws, Phil? Are they similar to the Acme Looney Tunes kind of laws in a way? Yeah, they are. A little bit less, a little bit less. More, more within the realms of of reality. Yeah, but there's still that sort of cartoon logic there. Yeah, I'm more so. You've got the you've got the uh, the excuse to get away with stuff. But that also applies to your likes of Dame Ed and Reveridge to me and Sidebottom and Keith Lemon and Co. Lily Savage. Anybody who's like, playing a part. Yeah. Some of it's a role from the top. Yeah. Um, would you <laughs> would you say that's Whereas why... Frank crosses over a bit more because it is a mask, so it is more... He, he can sort of escape into the world a bit. Yeah, but yeah. and he did. 
uh, quite often. A lot of that stuff's coming up online again recently, and I'm, mm. I'm watching stuff that I remember seeing. It was so. Do you remember the stuff you used to do? Was it like the sports magazines and stuff? It was so funny. So funny. It was like, and again, like you brought you brought a lot of your influences and a lot of like the the stuff you liked of your peers into your performance. I've always said you're a sponge. Oh yeah, you take in there's stuff. There's no, um, there's no hiding the fact that Hacker's influenced by Frank Zabon at all. Oh god, no. Eric Morecambe is in there. Eric Morecambe, yeah, Vic Reeves. Vic, Re- Vic Reeves definitely. Do you remember when we met Vic Reeves? The, this would be the first time because you did some behind the scenes stuff with yeah. him afterwards. But do you remember when we first met him at Telly Center? Yeah, he was just hanging around, having a fag one. And we were like, "Did we go over and we say did, hello?" We? And we did. We got a pic. It was just very brief. We just, you just said you're a big fan. I'm a big fan. I was a big fan of his for a long time. I think they were there. On pre-production on the new shooting stuff. They were shooting it. In fact, they were recording it because they had his cuts out what's up and was on telly. Did you go to the audience of that? No, I didn't, I didn't get in. Because I went one. to one. Who did I go with then? Probably Ian. Might have gone with Ian. I don't think I did, you know. I uh, could have gone with someone from The Office, maybe. Been, I can't remember. But Vic Reeves is definitely up there. Yeah. Um, oh, God. Do you remember the time you sort of got a wrist slap but not quite from Bob Mortimer? Oh, yeah, the joke. What was that the joke? was... Br- right, so... In the live environments, and this is something that you and Ian definitely did, and something that you and I definitely did, when you're doing those hours, and when you're on screen, and when you've got time to fill in the link, and it's just this relentless... Because what people don't understand about uh, the, the links on CBBC is sometimes you don't see the script until 20 minutes before you're doing that live link. And Often. It could be two pages, could be seven pages. Often you don't see them. So you go straight into... You do like a read for a block through on camera, you rehearse it, you might rehearse it a couple more times if you feel you need to get the words in, and then you just go... It's it's heavy and there's a, there is pressure there. I think it's pressure that feels less heavy as time goes by and the more you do it. Um, you were saying to me today, like you're at the point now where sometimes in the studio you just feel casual as anything the moment the link starts. Yeah. And, and I've never really felt nerves in the live links beyond my first couple of months doing lives. Yes. But you and still I, have then to I have find... got the uh, added bonus of not having to remember anything. Yeah, because you can refer to my lines in front, in front of me. Yeah. But you do sometimes have to just relieve that pressure by adding things or slipping stuff in to make each other laugh. Oh, you've got to make each other laugh or stitch them up, more yeah. importantly. <laughs> but we, we, would, we would often try and slip quotes in to freak each other out. But one of them was a, it was a take on a big night outline, I think it was. I think it was a big night outline. But it was something that Bob Mortimer says in, in one of the Vic and Bob shows. And Bob Mortimer then made that joke on his Twitter. And someone replied to him, Oh, Hacker the Dog said that. Oh, yeah, he said it replied, 20 years ago Hacker, or Yeah, he said something like, um, Hacker says lots of things, doesn't he? Or something like that. I think he said, he said I said it 20 years ago, Hacker says lots of things. It's like, does Bob... Oh. Which is a shame, because you kind of wanted to go, oh, I appreciate that. But whatever, like some people some people are a little more closely guarded over it. And it was never like set pieces or punchlines. I punch think it was O'Durry, like the gag, O'Durry. Possibly. Might a bit. I, I know we used to slip the... I, I want a couple of words with you, Vic. Marzipan or something, yeah. Is it Marvel and ri- uh, Rifle and Marzipan? Good words, those, Good Vic. words, those, yeah. I'll treasure those. We used to do that minus rifle. We did that at trifle. least twice. <laughs> <laughs> we should have said trifle. I think we just said marzipan. What a word were you, Chris? What's you know. that? Marzipan. <laughs> uh, yeah. But like, well, you've got it. We still do that now, even. But yeah. Well, you, sadly, you... the people I work with these days do not know any of my reference points. <laughs> they're all young and they're hip. all young and... <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm your well, hip replacement. To be fair, if you slipped a partridge line in, I think Lauren would. Oh, I do often yeah. do Alan lines. Yeah, with with with, with, with Loz, with Lozenge. I often Alan. do his voice for the stings. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which right. Is something I've always done, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that was that was a recurrent. Alan would Alan partridge impressions would always come out for the stings. Um, Frankie Howard exclamations were common. You don't. Oh, stop no, it, Mrs. Yes. No. <laughs> Which again, it's like the Muppets. It's just in the consciousness. I need to make a noise where I'm repelled, but it's got to be comedic. All right. No, no. 
you know, it works. And it fills the the gaps. Frank's fantastic would obviously be a descriptive. Fantastic, that right is. Right down to an arm gesture. That is fantastic, yeah. Chris. They can't see us doing it, but we're it's doing audio it. audio medium again. Also, that was weird. That that voice sounded awfully familiar. And it peaked a bit on your thing. It did a bit, in a way. <laughs> he is loud hacker. <laughs> he is a loud bugger. Do you, um, what, right, here's a weird question. Yeah. I don't think anyone's asked this because we'll get to the Q&A shortly. I look forward to the Q&As. Um, I've not prepped any of them, have I? No, don't worry about it. It's on the fly, like, yeah. as live. As live. Uh, and we will get you back. So there's there's some other stuff I would get like to talk back. to you about. you're in my house. So we'll get you, all right, well, I'm going to sleep in here and in a few <laughs> weeks I'll record with you again. But I've got to ask you, I don't think, I don't think I've ever asked you this. I'm trying to think. Do you like Kaka? Yeah, I love him. Why? Because he pays me more, kid. <laughs> <laughs> No, but do you know what I mean? Because like, it, 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 like you said, you were handed a character. Yeah. And he I did, didn't actually. He did have to develop in over all time. Honesty, didn't I he? didn't like the physical puppet. Mm. Well, the first one was, he was very small, wasn't he? He was small. Very tight. He was knackered. It was mm. falling apart when I got it because he'd already done a series of scoop. That's in an emergency studio in London. It is somewhere, in isn't studio. It? I don't know why, but I don't know what they're thinking with that. Nuclear fallout. They're not getting it. I'm the world's going to end. Phil, go to Elstree Studios and do the emergency oh, broadcast no, using the, Rat Hacker. On the upside, nuclear fallout would have double viewers because everyone had two heads. <laughs> oh, don't they? I don't quite know the. Re- I don't true. know the reasoning behind that. If I'm because it must it'll have, it'll be rotten by now because all the latex will have gone funny because mm. some of the recent more recent ones have knackered. So that it, will be. It's not, not like your fella over there, maybe quality Bolton Market. No, he's Bolton Market. <laughs> Bolton through Market through. still. Um, that's not that is not to take a dump on the quality of the hacker puppets in general. No, it was wrecked. It yeah. was wrecked after the series of scoop. <laughs> this is I didn't do. Oh, it was the one puppet, wasn't it? It was the single puppet. Yeah, for that puppet series. Had, yeah. It was that one and a stump one. Is there that right? was a stump one. There was a sitting down one. So its legs were. Different. We used the stump one for years. We used a sitting. That down. was the stunt hacker till yeah. about like 2012. We still then, use it. And still. the new stump one was built. that was a little bit more better. Better day. Less knackered. N- well, yeah. Do you? Do you? Um... I didn't like it when I first saw it because yeah. Because it was, well, not even from a creator standpoint, it's like you you have puppet, you're used to puppets a certain way. It was wrecked as well, but it also yeah. didn't look like the sort of puppet, because I'd not seen him, even though the series had gone out, I'd not seen yeah. it. And when they told me it was Neil Sternberg who built it, I thought, oh, I love Neil's puppets, it's brilliant. So I thought, he makes, he makes gorgeous I puppets, rocked up yeah. thinking, oh, I'm going to get this fantastic Muppet style dog, a big, <laughs> so what, what sort of dog? Big Muppet style so dog. Fantastic, fantastic style dog. dog. <laughs> I was expecting a big Muppet style dog with ping pong ball eyes, Muppet mouth. Yeah. And then they handed me that out of a box. And I thought, oh God, it looked like roadkill. <laughs> it literally like they scraped it off the side of these lanks. It did, it did and a lot. I, I was properly disappointed with it. God. But the, the look evolves over time, which is partly like creative choice, partly down to Neil's methods and everything. Is, yeah. well, Neil's appearance changes and, and you you also, you sort of break in every puppet. You I like groom judge it, it, judge up. it a I bit try each time. And, I always clip his fur now around the mouth, so I sculpt him a smile which, into the fur. Which says to me, like, that's... You and he are inseparable yeah. now. Um, if anyone else... Because, again, like, you know, with all respect to Andy, who played him in Scoop, yeah. the Heath. character was Andy Heath, the late, great Andy Heath. He's not dead, he's just not, he's not here. Um, and Andy played him in the first series of Scoop, and Hacker was basically sort of scruffy grommet. To yeah. to uh, Sean's he, uh, Sean's scruffy, Wallace, scruffy basically, Wallace. yeah, <laughs> scruffy Wallace. He pretty much was <laughs> a name, real. That's the name of our skiffle band, isn't it? Yeah, it's a very, very popular. Yeah. He may as well have <laughs> been a real dog because he didn't really do anything. He didn't speak, did he? Growled a bit. Yeah, just like... and then oh, when I started, I had to do that as well because they didn't want it to change too much between that and Prez. But then it wouldn't have lasted. Well, exactly. It, it, the performance <clears> had to evolve to fit. 
not only sort of your your talents and your style, but also the channel. It wouldn't um, have lasted. As we record this, Hacker is um, still going strong. Touch wood. There's no wood God in rest his soul. Um, but like he's he's going strong, and he. It, CBC presentation will always experiment, will always change, and its style will always change. And I feel like um, the the establishment as it is is confident enough in you as that character yeah. to not necessarily adapt to what they do, but to find Hacker's angle. I think into they it. and I, I think because he's been I've been for ten years doing that. Mm. A presentation, his own mm-hmm. chat show. I think he's, you know, he's he's, he's already he's already fit different. Hack has already had different hats, yeah. and that's not going into the actual different hats he's randomly worn over the years. He has worn a lot of hats and hat. tree like other costumes. He doesn't fit hats brilliant because of his daft ears. Good on wigs though. He's very good with wigs. Get teeth in, you'll be fine. I do feel that um, <laughs> they just let him do his own thing now. Yeah, because which isn't the bad it, thing per se. No, I like again, that. It's very very freeing. You're an autopilot with him now. Yeah. It's very free, and I do enjoy that. I rock up and not know what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. I've no clue what Hacker's going to do next. It's a very odd, F- freeing. Yeah, it's quite freeing. I don't give it too much thought. Well, I know. That. I, I, you know <laughs> I think I think it can hamper it if you think it too much. Yeah. Think it. I, I mean, I think that about John's entertainment in general. I think if you <clears> over, I think if you you're courteous, you're sensible, and you use common sense. That's your barriers. That's it. Mm. Beyond that, even that I struggle with. <laughs> no, but you know I mean, like beyond that, if you're overthinking, you're removing the fun and anarchy that is children's entertainment. I think anarchy. I've often, but, and, I, and I don't necessarily mean like, oh, tanks of guns, oh, throw pies. Like I just that sense of anything. Could I like with Hacker. I, what I do like about him, I like when it, a link starts, you don't know it's going to end. Yeah, you literally. Don't, nor do I. Yeah, but the people I'm, the presenter I'm working with, doesn't know that link is going to end. The people in the gallery don't know it's going to end. There's a there's a risk. I enjoy Hacker being a risk. Mm. Every time I work with Carol Kirkwood from the new the weather, <sighs> she's lovely. Isn't she, she says to me before and she says, got very dry legs, Carol. She has got dry legs. <laughs> she I, hasn't. She's got lovely moist. She says to me. On. She says to me, I always worry about working with Hacker because I always feel it could be my last ever appearance, <laughs> and I want people to think that. Yeah, in a way. It's not dull. It's never dull. We were see. I got a nice, healthy mix of that with you because we we had a team who were very um, who were very good with sort of that surreal sketch vibe that we had going on when it was you and me. So we were very scripted, but they always knew where we would have the freedom. Like they tuned in so well to to what you know where they knew you and I could play. But there'd still be those links, like just the the twenty second sort of oh, you know uh, handing over kind of things, where I genuinely would go into it going right. I know what we've rehearsed. But I know what we've realised is not what Phil's gonna do, and it's not you. It's not you trying to throw a spanner in the work. It is. Well, I don't, I don't. I don't think you go in going. I'm gonna mess it. I think you go in saying, right, let's see what I'm going to do. I it's, think it's almost like a switch has been turned on. You I just do, do sometimes it. think. I think this could be funnier, but I don't know how until it's happening. Yeah. Or I will sometimes <laughs> think I'm gonna say such an audible tat at this point just to stitch them up or. I just want the best, I want the most natural reaction at the end of the day. That's all that matters to me, really. On Hacker Time, which was a show I did. Uh, no, a very, very successful show. It was just a six of, series. Of many, six series. Yeah, as we would say. Series. Plural. <laughs> plural for series is series. But because I, it was Hacker Time, it was mostly, for 30 minutes, it was mostly just Hacker talking. It was mainly me. I was in every shot. There was no getting out of it. And I played two or three main parts in it. Derek and Wilf and Co. Ho, ho. Ho, ho. Hip, hip. Hip, hip. <laughs> 
He's in here somewhere as well. So there was no, he is in the box. Is he in that one? Staring at me with his eyes. I don't know. I'll push it as you as you continue your Oh, he is in there. There he is. Little Hello. Bin. Hello, Chris. So I was, can't breathe. <laughs> there was a feeling on that, but but the writers on that used to give used to know at what point in the script because I had to I had to get to certain bits and that to get the interviews and what have you with the guests, but. They knew at what point I would then deviate. Yeah, they could figure it out. They knew when you would just go off on, on yeah. the guests oh, and something, play with them. Something in the line prompted me to think of some nonsense. They knew that that would be the point when I went off on this nonsense. <laughs> Tangent. Yeah, then they, then I'd just revert back. Always finding your way back is the tricky bit sometimes. You <laughs> hurtle. If you, but then good thing with Hacker is because he's mad and fickle <laughs> and weird. You can literally just, you can just do a U-turn and go back to where you were without it seeming odd, which you couldn't do as a person. All he's got, all he's got to do is just pull a face and pull himself back in. Yeah, or if I'm doing a piece and I go off on a <laughs> tangent, a weird tangent on the live, if they immediately say this, I can just say it then. Yeah. Rather than having to get to it without, seamlessly. Do you, do you which still, I do, enjoy. do you still, because when you do live TV, you, you have, there's techniques you have for certain things, and one of which is you all usually come up with a technique to stall for time. Oh, yeah. So some yeah. of them are more obvious and obnoxious than others, but others mine are kind of cute and funny. Um, cute and funny. I think I think mine was always I'd take that extra second on the last words of a first thing, so I'd be like, "You look at your emails and a little bit with our eyes and that," and it was just my <laughs> and then be like, "But first, and it was just my head getting right. Hang on, what's the next bit? Got it? Do you know what I mean? Yours used to be, and tell me if this is still the case. Yours used to be, oh, Katie, oh, oh, I don't mind. I don't mind telling you. <laughs> That's no, another one. Yes, yeah. I don't mind. Telling you. Even sometimes oh, telling you. these days, I will literally say, "I've lost my place." <laughs> I just acknowledge it. Now. Yeah, just go for it. Yes, yeah. I can't find my line now because he. I can't book him for this podcast because technically he's a BBC uh, employee. Um, I can I can play a soundbite from him in a way. Uh, so if Hacker were here right now and I were to ask him, this is all theoretical. Yeah. If I were to ask him, oh, is he? Look, he's just walked What's in. his proudest achievement of of his ten years of fantastic top notch? My proudest achievement, Chris Johnson, Chris Yonko Johnson. <laughs> actually, that's one of them. Actually, coming up with your fantastic nickname, you Yonko. Did. That was you and Ian, wasn't it? Yeah, me and Ian Sterling from the television. Yeah. But my <laughs> proudest achievement, not only is coming up with Yonko, which is you, is meeting Sue Barker. Yeah. It's very on brand. Right, I'm answer. going now. See oh, ya. Oh, bye. He's a, oh, he's, oh, off he goes. He's walking out the room. He's closing the door. There he is. He's in a drawer. He's in a drawer in a way. In That's many ways. It's all right, Foley. Whiskey. We got no money. Sorry about the terrible song that Dom's playing, but he's uh, in the street busking, trying to make back some of the money that we've lost uh, on our new podcast, Cash From Chaos. You can hear it here soon. Yes, members of the audience try to win our show fee. Right, how much we made? Uh, 32p. I'll carry on. Whiskey. Dick and Dom's Cash from Chaos, coming soon to iTunes. Amuse your friends. Startle your enemies. Listen to the synth-pop magic of the Pound Shop Boys. Includes your favourites. Fireman Sam. Jamie and the Magic Torch.
Shop Boys Nostalgia. It's the ideal Christmas gift. Only £8 plus postage on compact disc. Digital download available too. The Northwest's premier synth duo. Great value, great fun, great quality. Are you looking for nerdy news, geeky gossip and something to occupy your time on the long and winding road to your inevitable death? Then do we have the Pop Culture Podcast for you! The Big Damn Cast is released for free every Thursday on iTunes, SoundCloud and Spotify. Hosted by the majestic man-mountain Matt Watson and his adorable boyish sidekick Chris Yonko Johnson, Big Damn Cast is your one-stop shop for movie news and reviews. Big Damn Cast, the only pop culture podcast on the entire internet. Don't, don't fact check that because it's true. So I, I, I'm going to have to get you back at some point because there's stories I, I would like us to tell. How long have we done? An hour? We, we've, we've done nearly an hour. I feel this might be a bumper edition. Oh, you mustn't. But as a treat. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, asked, some quizzes. I asked the fantastic listeners or potential future listeners mm. uh, on oh, this inaugural listeners. <laughs> former listeners on this inaugural episode of OOTBC to um, send in questions and we'll sort of rapid fire these a bit unless you feel oh do you know what I've got a thing I'll tell you about that so we'll see what happens I like this yeah. I've not prepped any of these questions I don't mind telling you uh, but this this first one is from uh, a young a young comedian who's coming up in the world he's, 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 he's having a go he's, it. Giving he's, it a he's trying to make it big he's giving it a good crap. on him and we wish him the best uh, his name's Ian Sterling oh hello and Ian Sterling asks uh, this is this is a sensible question for him I thought it was going to be where's that tenner you owe me or something but I do owe me tenner I think Ian asks how has Hacker's role in the CBBC office stroke CBBC HQ changed over the years from your perspective? Well... It, and I think he's got the right to ask that, considering he was there for the birth of it. He was there. Well, when I first started with Ian... Hacker he he was, gave birth to you. He did. He did. <laughs> he's never got over it. <laughs> so when, why he walks so funny. When Ian Hacker first started, Hacker was very much just a sidekick, literally a sidekick, throw away the comedy relief, light relief, I suppose, and everything... Hacker said he had to translate it because it was all gobbledygook growling. But then over the year, then but then when Hacker Time came along, so that was twenty eleven sh- was the first year yeah. you filmed that. I think I think I think first year it went out was, it was in TV Centre twenty twelve, but it was twenty eleven was when it was shot. Yeah, um, we had to make him more than that, otherwise he couldn't just send his own program. Mm. So then he was he just became a presenter, and then for a long time Hacker was doing stuff where he was divvying out most of the lines and just a co-presenter i think that, that was the thing by the time i got there with dodge it was my second double act i was with dodge by that point it very, felt very much like it wasn't ian with hacker and chris with dodge it was chris and dodge yeah. Ian and hacker like it, it was double acts and that was actually yeah i think that was around the time the pilot there was a pilot made for hacker time wasn't there like we did a, it like in tv version. center i'm sure we did. So it was originally going to be a clip show wasn't it yeah it was couldn't get the clips literally couldn't get the clips couldn't get the clips so they went what should we do get guests Make in the show should yeah. we have more characters in it yeah so, yeah, so couldn't get enough clips simple as that yeah so what you're saying is he's the biggest star of them all and anyone who's ever been on screen with him is inferior as a result well that's what he'd say but it's, it certainly <laughs> was a cope it became a, a 
honest to goodness co-presenter. The fact that it was a puppet or a dog or what have you is irrelevant. It was just a co-presenter. But nowadays, I'd say it's reverting a bit more back to him just being there for the light relief, really. He's so, yeah, like because it's a more magazine style recently. I don't isn't get it? the HQ, swathes yeah. of lines now because these days we don't really have scripts anymore. We just have bullet points. Yeah, and you're you're more reactive. So my bits are mostly ad lib these days, which you, means you're Statler and Waldorf. Yeah, which is yeah. better. I prefer that really. Yeah. There was a period where I was having swathes of dialogue. Or I remember, I do remember it like again that last year you and me, where they they they, they took great care to make sure that it was basically a, a a level build sketch show, but they'd always still give me the business. They'd always give me the 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 stuff that had to be said yeah, for then, then legal for a, reasons. Then for a while it wasn't that I was doing a lot of that. Yeah, um, but now I'm not again. So it's a bit more like it used to be. Really, to answer the question, what was the question so long ago? It was what's the, how's it changed from the office into HQ? It's changed a lot. I think it's reverting back. I no? think the answer he wants is it's not as good. It's as not as good without you. There you go. <laughs> Thank you, uh, young uh, upcoming comedian but Ian not, Sterling. I think it's reverting more now than to it was when we first started. Yeah, whereas Hacker's just there for the light relief and what have you. It's fine with me. It's good. Faff in a way. Yeah. Uh, this one is from Conadico2901, who says, aside from Hacker, who's your favourite character to play? Wilf Breadbin. Hip, hip, hip. Yeah, I have most, on Hacker Time, no, I've not played him for ages, we haven't done Hacker Time for three years or what have you, but he's very good fun, because he's a nice old man, <laughs> with a wheezy voice. Uh, he drives the van. Yes, I'll fire up the van. <laughs> So he's an assistant kidnapper, because guests used to In get bundled two. into the van, didn't they? In- then he was security... Then he was a caterer and he was also general <laughs> Andy man, very much doing all the work. Great fun to play. Thoroughly enjoyed being Wilf Bredbin because I enjoyed doing that wheeze. <laughs> he, did get, he did get wheezier. Every series got wheezier and then to the point where the gallery was saying, can he be a bit less wheezy this time? We're worried about his health. And I said no. So then, And then it would start saying hib hib. <laughs> oh, I'm going to fire up the van, hib hib hib. I'm a big fan of, of not leaving any gaps in a sentence so they can't edit it out. <laughs> That's true. Stitch them up. You do sabotage it for cut. Yeah. I remember we'd do like extra BBC extra film oh, and stuff. I'm, I'm if a... you had a line you wanted to say, you would make sure that there was no gap for editing. Yeah, if you're doing... So that it had to be in so there. So Wilf, I would do the wheeze on the end of the word so they couldn't get rid of it. Oh, fire up the vein! So the, so the most they could do was cut to the next thing but have him underneath, yeah. the sound underneath it so it was still there though. It, basically, everything I do is just to stitch up the editors. <laughs> Um, on a similar bent, this is from Kane the Punk. Kane the Punk says, uh, who's your favourite puppet that you've been a puppeteer of? So who would you say, if you had to pick a character, it seems obvious, but it might not be. Because you've also done plenty of stuff away from CBBC. Yeah. So there, there I mean, might, Hacker, there might be, Hacker yeah. is the answer, I suppose, because he's, mm-hmm. it's a constant laugh. Mm-hmm. Every day I have a laugh. But then I really enjoyed playing Sweep in the recent series of The Sooty Show, where I got to play Sweep. Um, a, a character I've always admired, always the best one, everyone's favourite character. Like he's, he's looking down he's on looking me. He's looking down at me as we speak. Is that, is that right? Hang on. That's, what's, what's his name? Is it Butch? Butch. The is Butler. that an original Butch? No, that is a Butch I made. That's one of your But Butches. I did build them for the stage show, so that okay. is a version of that. Of the one that's currently on tour. On tour. That is an actual sweep. OG sweep. In a super sweep outfit. Super sweep. Yeah, he's great fun to play. Um, I was really happy to be asked to do that by Richard Cadell, who... Out of the blue, rang me up saying, I know you're not going to be available, but do you reckon you might? And I said, yeah, I'll make myself available. You're like, I'll make myself available. I want to take that off my bucket list yeah, well, of characters. I, did, I definitely did. I remember being in the back of the, I was in the back of the little Sooty and Sweep camper van 
Yeah. Sooty was driving, animatronic Sooty driving, the animatronic camper van. I was in the back with Sweep and Sue performing them both out of the window at the top. And yeah. I said, well, I'm in the back of the actual camper van that used to, I used to watch on telly in the 80s. Yeah. It's the same camper van. And no one's washed it. Sorry, no, they hadn't, you know. <laughs> they mustn't. Oh, they didn't. <laughs> they shan't. So I really enjoy playing Sweep, but because I do it every day. It's just a constant lark. There's an extension of you in a way. Yeah. Uh, this one's from Matty Stevo, 9-3. Matty says, did all of you try to make each other laugh the most. Um, watching you break character was hilarious and always a highlight. That's in relation to CBBC. Friends across the board. I think, yeah. I, that was That's not our mission in a live link. It our, is mi- our mission is to get. Well, it's yours. But like, our mission was to get information out that needed to be gotten out. But we were also very aware that... And this is something that irked me. I, I, I'd sort of butt heads a tiny bit with, with our execs in relation to this when they'd be like, the focus is on the show that's coming up, make it entirely that. To which my response was always, if a kid wants to know that, they can press I on the remote control. What we should be doing is keeping them entertained enough that they want to stick around. I agree, and that's what it is to me. Yeah. Otherwise, you needn't be there, really. Yeah. Um, more importantly <laughs> than that, I think... It may, as well, it may as well just be a line of voiceover. Yeah, or neither. They, if that's what it, they want it to be. Or just yeah. nothing, just back-to-back programmes it could have easily been. Yeah. But you want, you want to create a programme around the programme. Well, they always said our press is That's not why I a like show. like storylines and sentences. But I do treat it as a show. Yeah. It is a show. It is. It's like this morning. They wouldn't, they wouldn't say this morning isn't a show. No. And that's the same thing. It just isn't a solid it's, block. It's a linking series of things that surround other things. But I do like to stitch the other presenters up and try to make yeah. them laugh. Otherwise, there's no point in being live. There's no point in being alive. Good point. In many ways. Oh, this is interesting. Karis Private 3 says, have you always done Hacker? No, you're no. Hacker too. But, but you are live Hacker. Yeah, I've done um, Hacker all the time you've ever seen him on CBBC. What makes Fred. his movements different from, for example, Dodge? So I think what they mean there isn't you play Dodge the Dog. I think what they mean there is like, how do you differentiate? Is is there a sort of set way to perform a rod puppet or well dodge's arms are shorter did you work on a physicality for hacker dodge's arms are shorter yeah he's got a little but i call his arms banana arms he has got banana and hacker's arms are tarantula legs you always said that (laughs) which which by just from a technical point of view means dodge it it cannot do as much it's not as flexible And his head's bigger, which means warwick the finger that works the eyebrow mechanism is further away so it's just just not as comfortable it, it gives a different range of expression too, as well. I Hacker suppose. is really comfortable. Yeah, because he's got that nice long face. Your hand just goes in it just as it, as you want. Mm. There's no actual stretch, and his arms are great when he gets work, worked in. I think Warwick does prefer that slight gap for the eyebrow mechanism because I remember the the one or two times I've I was permitted to pop my hand inside out show. His was always sort of a little looser. His brow, so yeah. it almost felt like you had to work a bit more at the brow. But without show, because <clears throat> he, had, he had a face. <laughs> he, hadn't, he hadn't got a muzzle it was flat wasn't it yeah so therefore with Hacker that goes he, in yeah because his lips were sort of tiny little rubber grips to... so it's d- trickier yeah yeah but uh, when I think I think there was discussion early on with Hacker that they wanted him to be on all fours all the time which meant I would have had to work with him just off, with my arm bent with yeah. just his back showing but I said well this ne- it doesn't need to be a real dog this yeah so I don't treat him as if you wanted to sculpt him say like in a sitting position if it was, that kind if of if the puppet was made differently but yeah, I just treat him as a bloke. He's not a dog to me. He's just a little bloke. Yeah, he's a little f- fuzzy block. A little daft bloke. In an way. Lovely question, though. Uh, Isla Evans says, what's your favourite sandwich filling? Uh, I like a uh, cheese slice and brown sauce. I do really cheese slice and HP fruity brown sauce. You can't go wrong, Cocker. <laughs> That's true in many ways. Yeah. Oh, God. It literally, I'm out of one. I'm... I'm Peckish now, I might have one later. That's filth. I oh, know it is. Good work. Can we know, Anne? Uh, 
apologies we get this wrong kitamura sando says how do you balance your work life and building puppets and that stuff with like your relationships friendships do you have any tips for that I've got a feeling that's a question from an aspiring puppet maker or, or performer. Well, I think... Because uh, that's a very specific sort of like, how do you do it? Well, you don't really. It's all <laughs> or nothing, really. Yeah. Charge in. Dive in. I think it's the only way. Uh, I'm, I'm always a believer in don't have a plan B, because if you have a plan B, you'll end up doing plan B. Yeah, if you've got a plan B, then what was the point in putting all the effort into plan A? Here, here. So, <laughs> No. <laughs> so you balance it because you balance it like you're not you're not sort of consciously going right so I'm going to take time there for this and I'm going to do that you just do everything all my on. life is surrounded is just this mm. I mean we're in your workshop right now there's at least counting individual eyes probably about 60 eyes looking yeah. at me where every I'm drawer there's a puppet in these drawers so you just got to go go big or go home go big or go home exactly yeah go big or go home find people who like what you do to be around you yeah, you if, you, if you do this sort of thing, see, I, I, it's a, it's an all-encompassing hobby and living for me. Yeah. When I'm relaxing, I'm making puppets because I find it relaxing. So that is true. Like last week, you were sending me photos of swatches of antro- already pre-dyed antron Which fleece. Wasn't the right shade? It wasn't the right shade. So you were dyeing it yeah. to get it the right skin tone for animal. And by jingo, you're building a building a replica for personal use. Is a picture ah. It's <laughs> a picture of. Can't show it. Oh, can't show it, yeah. Oh, dear, uh, in a way. But yes, go, go big or go home is a good answer to that. Speaking of animal, Ross Gellerfanpage <laughs> says, who's your favourite Muppet? Uh, I, I'd always take you for, for, for the main cast, I'd take you as a scooter man. No, Kermit the Frog. Dirty, get out. From a, get out of your own house. Because you're asking what is my favourite character, I wouldn't have said Kermit, but, <clears> but if you're saying which my favourite puppet was the question. Muppet, Muppet so... You can interpret that either way. So Kermit's your favourite sort of in terms of design. Puppet, but a specific yeah. era. Mm. The 80s, mid, mid to late 80s one. It was just the perfect puppet. Grover mm. also is a perfect puppet from Sesame yeah. Street because you it, it hits, from a performer's point of view, it hits all the right places on your knuckles and your thumb. It, it just does the job in question, what you want it to do. Some puppets do not work. Yeah, they're just stiff as a ball. Yeah, or they like, just like don't the, fit. Like the first hacker. Yeah, yeah. he's so small. But some puppets just don't do what they are intended to do. Kermit and Grover, puppet-wise, are the greatest. Dr. Teeth's one of my favourite characters, but for everyone who's ever performed yeah. him, he is the most hideous, evil puppet to have on. Well, he's got a massive head, hasn't he? Yeah, and heavy Huge and weighty head. and difficult. But visually, very impressive. You've got fake piano and everything yeah. as well. Um, If you could go back, says Lewis Taylor 13 and change Hacker's voice to something easier on the throne, <laughs> would did. you? You did. It's suddenly naturally... Yeah. Because first... you, you had to approximate uh, Andy's performance. When it was growling. So it was more or less... It was actually it wasn't dissimilar to Scooby Doo type of thing where he would mm. just do that, wouldn't he? Wimbledon is about three things. Wimbledon, if I'm a puppy, I'm I mean, it's rubbish. <laughs> it's rubbish. And then I started just... It was gradually getting more... So the, he did have a sort of baby voice inflection, didn't he, earlier sometimes? So he'd say certain letters... It, he said certain letters he one. couldn't say, was there? I'll tell... Uh, we'll say Bimbledon. 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 It's so long So the BMP noise would lead the yeah, words they, it first. wouldn't always be... There were certain letters he couldn't say. Quirt. You used to call me Quirt. T, yeah, S would have been T often. Yeah. But then I just started doing that and... It's just me now, and with very little effort. In. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
couple of things. The oh yeah, the high pitch oh yeah stayed. I still do that from well, ten years. Funnily enough, Dan Opie says, "What's your favourite hackerism that you've created over the years?" By the way, loved watching you as a kid. Thanks for watching me as a kid. <laughs> I watched me as a kid too. Um, my favourite hackerism. I do like. I still do the oh yeah. I think that's the only thing that's lasted. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Sort of. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And they're funny. You do yeah. wrong. And noise the gallery. Oh yeah. That's one of my favourite ones. Oh, yeah. You ever whipped out? One of my more recent ones is You Mustn't. I like You Mustn't. Where did that Oh, You happen? Mustn't. Did you just say that in response and then I keep doing it? I said it in a VT for Hacker Time when a, <laughs> when a cake, a, a, yeah. a camera burst out of a cake. Yeah. I've forgotten the episode. And I was just going, oh, you shocked hacker. Like, oh, you mustn't. Oh, you mustn't. I just made it up. <laughs> and I kept saying it over and over again and they cut it out for time. And then they had to put it back in to make it longer for time. <laughs> I liked that. Oh, you mustn't. You mustn't do it. You mustn't. But I don't remember any of this. <laughs> uh, Connor Gilmore asks a few questions. I'm going to ask two of them, though. Connor. Yeah. Because they're all very good, but I'm going to ask two of them. One of them is, did you ever formally study puppetry or are you self-taught? Self-taught. When I was starting off, there was no... There Nil w- option. There wasn't. They mustn't. You mustn't. They, they mustn't. They didn't. There was no internet or anything. So I, I'm a big... I sadly don't really believe you can learn it. You know, I get that to a point with acting, because that's where I came from. I get that to a point. You can learn technique. Yeah, you can learn technique. And you can you also can, learn an act. But same with stand-up. Like, you you can learn a set. Exactly. But there's mean... something in an individual that yeah. is what makes it's it. It's like work. with Avenue Q, for example. They are mm. generally mm. actors who are trained to do that and, show. And some, some nail it enough that it kind of meets the balance, mm. but very rarely. Yeah. The yeah. original Broadway production of it were all Sesame Street performers and what have you. So they were all proper puppeteers who do yeah. it for a living. Almost all subsequent shows, they're actors who are trained to do it. Again, you can learn an error knife of an act, but it doesn't make a puppeteer. Connor Gilmore also asks... Yes. What's the worst thing that's ever gone wrong during a live link? Things falling off and landing on your head. The skeleton. The skeleton fell over. Do you remember the skeleton? The press skeleton, yeah. The full-on scientific skeleton fell over and nearly knocked me out. Landed on you and you had to... <laughs> you got up and Ian's crying. Well, that's it. that was always the best when the presenter's laughing. Oh, and, and you had to go, oh, it hit me right on the foot. foot. A big massive yeah. boot fell off at me on the head. The book of made up words hit me on the head. Oh, blimey. Things are always just landing on you. It's the curse of being puppeteer is you're lying on the floor and gravity doesn't <laughs> look after you. <laughs> There's a YouTube clip that Kate, Katie put on, a montage of 10 minutes worth of us just laughing at things going wrong. I bang my feet, bang my ankle on the monitor and I'm going, Ah, Kathleen! I've banged my ankle! There's hours of it. <laughs> That, because it's live and we're on every day, there's more things go wrong than what don't. Oh, Kathleen. See ya! <laughs> Anymore? Goodbye, everyone. I like those um, questions. This is the best bit. Drop, delete all the first bit of this. I'm going to change Jack2049's question slightly. Jack says, were Hacker's Lines written for you or did you come up with them? I'm going to change that question to, what's your preference? The scripted sketch stuff or the on-the-fly sketch stuff and why? Hacker's Lines were always written, yes, and I ad lib around the lines. Sometimes I I prefer the scripted lines to ad lib around as opposed to being given yeah. nothing. Yeah, I suppose because at least then that way you you have something to rehearse and yeah. you get the tone of, and then you can play when it goes yes, live. Exactly. Or you are given something you wouldn't necessarily think of. So if someone writes something, gives you a bit of something, you can then deviate from it or make mockery of it or. It'll, imp- it'll inspire something else. If you're given nothing, it's all on you then. Yeah. I don't like yeah. everything being on me. Well, the problem with that, I suppose, is it's because television is, uh, you know, it is a pyramid 
there are people above you and people above you and people above you and people above you make the decisions all regards to the company and the broadcasting corporation all this stuff so if it is all on you and you do something that upsets someone above you it's down to you entirely then and they can take, well, that, they that, can make the fuss Where, that, whereas that, that, if it's scripted and you're just, blame. yeah if it's scripted yeah. and you're just ad-libbing you, you just ad-libbed so I do like yeah it was a throwaway thing, whereas otherwise it's, oh, yeah, no, he did something like that in rehearsal. Sometimes the, I do have to give you lines if the if you have a specific thing to talk about. If you are, <laughs> are old and shouldn't be talking about television things that I know nothing about, i.e. the internet or whatever. They kind of expect me to ad-lib around technology or something which I know no about. Oh, say something about the app and you're like, I Not don't a clue. Yeah, uh, can you watch Went with Prison on it? I do love that. You do love Went with Prison, yeah. I recall. Um <laughs> <laughs> The sequel to Prisoner Cell Block. Which H, I also love, it? which I'm currently rewatching. Hang on, is Went with a sequel or a reboot? It's a reboot. Ah, I see. A lot of the boot. same characters are in it. Character names, there's no direct correlation. But I do I'm currently rewatching Cell Block H from the eighties. George White no, 90- asked that, they? no, they didn't, but I did. I, I did. Cheers, George please. White ninety six asks, "What was your inspiration for getting into puppetry? Was there any like particular uh, character or or show that made you there go, would have been made a... six year old you go? Yes, I'm doing that. There would have been the Muppets, obviously, but then there was also all the British stuff. We had some great stuff. It was Rainbow, Keith and Orville, Rod and Emu were my favourites. Mm. I'm a big fan of Rod Hull. He's one of my biggest influences. Rod Hull, in the sense that he was unpredictable." A dangerous performer. Yeah. I've often been described as a dangerous performer. You like that, don't you? And Dilla Hack- dip two ladies. <laughs> and Hacker's been described as a dangerous character in the sense that you don't know what it's going to do. And that's why people like to book him on B- BBC Breakfast or Mastermind or something, because you, you're not going to get something that you would expect. And that's just subconscious me. It's more interesting, isn't it? Definitely, yeah. Would you say sort of the modern day dangerous performers in British TV? Peter Kay's in there. Yeah. He sort of puts people on, on edge when he's put into a studio environment. I can't. I don't know any others, really. I think the rest are just reality TV people who don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. So it's dangerous because they're like, oh, God, what have they just said? I don't really <laughs> keep up with it. I should have probably maybe more. Don't, don't. Don't, Phil. Go back to the past and watch the past. I, well, like, I'm currently watching Cell Block Age. It's much better. <laughs> really? Oh, okay. And then you move on to work with prison. Um, uh, second to last one for now. JJ Super Awesome 64 says, what is the most embarrassing thing about your job? Uh, there's no, I don't find anything embarrassing. We well, are a shameless individual, but also, like you say, you have to go into it and go for everything or go home. Yeah. And, and in this instance, you do sort of have to because you, you, for those who don't know, you spend a lot of your time laying on a trolley. Oh yeah, like a trolley, my, my uh, with your arm in the air and you, my ego and... and my embarrassment levels were removed years ago. I'm lying up <laughs> people's feet, cocker. I know my place. People dribbling on you. Just getting getting the juices on you from yeah. from, a, from on high. I've had more cups of tea spilled on me than hot cups of tea. Oh, God. But no, I don't find anything embarrassing, really. I just think of the money cocker. <laughs> Wake up in the morning and mm. sniff the green. Yeah. Wonderful Billy Garrett, John. He's a wonderful man. He sounds wonderful. He says, which comes first in a puppet? So I'm assuming new character. The voice, physicality, or design, which I suppose is coming at you because you design them as well you make them yourself generally the design of it I suppose first but then you can think all of it are true mm-hmm. in different ones sometimes you come up with a voice you'll think of a voice or you'll hear someone speak in a certain way and you think oh that'll be good for this then you design a puppet based on the voice I've done yeah. that also you build a puppet then you look at it and you think oh what sort of voice would that have what was the third one the, the, one was the physicality I guess that that can be both both ways as well because I suppose if you're imagining a puppet 
you are consciously thinking, is it going to be a Rob puppet? Is it going to be... Yeah, uh, certain puppets lend themselves to live hands. I mean, so is it going to be a bigger puppet because of that? Herman on Hacker Time. Herman was the... Uh, Mr. Mr. Hacker, he's over there actually. He's, he's over there. Looking he's... at me from a book. He was performed by Neil Sternberg because he was the... The late, great Neil Sternberg. He's, he's not, not, he's not dead. On time. He's not, he's not on here. Because he was the work experience guy on Hacker Time. He had a lot to do. He had props down. He had to be live handed It was just easier for him to be glove-handed mm. to handle props. Other times, you will build a puppet. Now, this is something that other people don't think about often, and I've witnessed this in TV shows often, that certain puppets wouldn't have that voice they've got because of the face they have. So you've got to think of that. Yeah, that is, it's jarring when that happens. It does. It, yeah. it works me. I don't know if people don't, I don't know if people don't see that. I think, I'll be honest, I think that isn't something you can deduce through logic. I think, I think that's going back to what you were saying about you kind of have to have it in you. Yeah. I think certain things work and you can't. It's because, again, I come with that from a voice acting perspective, like, it's a similar thing when you audition for something. Exactly right. If you've got a cartoon character that's drawn in a certain way, mm. and the voice doesn't, d- doesn't suit the, it. The vo- that voice wouldn't come out of that face. Yeah. I, th- I think I think the, the mark of somebody who can do it is you can look at it and go, oh! And you come up with one or two options and it's like, they work for that. It must be the same with the puppets. It is respect, the same, it's exactly yeah. the same. If you have a puppet, it's not, I can't think of an example, but if you've got a puppet with massive well, teeth... Yeah, like uh, massive teeth McGee somewhere He's in here somewhere. He's in here somewhere, old big teeth McGee. You'd have to give it a voice whereby <laughs> you adopted that stance so you, sometimes you do pull I mean I, I it, it's true of Hacker when I'm performing Hacker if anyone's ever filmed it filmed any behind the scenes stuff of me performing Hacker you do pull the faces of it yeah you, you, you with Hacker you sort of tense your jaw a bit gra- I'm always frowning yeah oh yeah oh god yeah even when you're having a laugh because Hacker's angry he's an angry little character always shout he's angry yeah. All the time I'm angry, Cocker. It's angry. Even if he doesn't feel angry. Yeah. It's an aggressive it's sort not, of delivery. It is. It's always that. So I'm always, I always find myself on front or doing this, whatever that is. Yeah, you sort of, you, you, your underbite sticks Can't believe out. it. When you... Hacker looks furious and so do I often do. When you get caught off guard and specifically the, the sort of the rare but beautiful times when I'd managed to catch you out and stop you for a moment and you had to sort of collect yourself. It's really funny in those moments because you just start, you just turn into you as a laugh. But because you're so obviously symbiotic with what what is on your arm, yeah. Hacker stops to laugh as well. But he does noticeably go a little more like a tiny bit slack. He just sort of yeah. goes like, oh, because <laughs> like, you like it very rarely happened. But it'd be a bit where just sort of got you so quickly, and you just take that two seconds to be like, oh god, like Hacker would never not be performing, but he but suddenly his it, his character yeah. would drop for a second. It's that more than once on live telly where, where I've sneezed. Or that, to me, that was a victory. I'm like, got him, got him. <laughs> Here's Scooby Doo. <laughs> Ian. He was always on Scooby-Doo back then. Oh, Ian. Um, oh, Ian. There was a, there's been more than one time where I've sneezed on telly and Hacker sneezed because I don't think to don't not have him me. doing it. That's true. So I'm going, have to! You're coughing under the thing, but you yeah. do Hacker sneeze. You have to. Yeah. you got to do it. Especially with laughter as well. But it's well. not conscious. It's not, I'm not doing it consciously. I'm not thinking. It's just, I've been doing it for 31 years. Mm. It was symbiotic. Once I you're thought it was yackled. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is bad bacteria. Oh, yeah, no, This no, is no. definitely bad bacteria, what we're talking about. Well, speaking of... Ask bad... me some more, like them. No, that, that's, that's it for the for the sensible and non-ones we've already covered in the podcast. But I'll ask you, if you want me to ask you a couple more on the fly, I don't mind. Yeah, go on. A couple more rando ones. Uh, who is the most entertaining or, or delightfully, surprisingly lovely celebrity you've, you've had you've managed to harass with Hacker. Like who's took it best in their stride and had a laugh with you? Uh, Bradley Walsh did. I imagine, I imagine he'd get stuck right he into it. He loved it. He took my number after the fact and said, do you want to go on the chase? Yeah, you go on the chase? You go on the chase? Oh my God. 
I want to go on that's the a, chase. That's, a, that's in the back burner then. That's on his mind. Yeah, I'd love to do the chase. Uh, he was great. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch was good. Yeah, did he, that a press for the Grinch? You made, did, I yeah. did a junket for the Grinch. He did the impression of Hacker. It was really good. Uh, how did uh, how did how did Dwayne Johnson take to you? He loved it because the thing the thing is, aside from the Muppets, a lot of the American guests you meet don't really have a frame of reference. For, oh no, for they don't even do. know Sesame Street. Even they won't have met Hacker. They won't have met something in that way that mm. isn't. They'll only know young kids sort of puppet telly characters. Yeah. not particularly Hacker. He loved it. I think he tweeted Hacker after the fact and said, "All right, Cocker, I'm going to come to Wigan and visit you." Did he say? Oh, Right, Cocker. Cocker, yeah. See, I love him even more yeah. now. And he had 31 million followers or something on Twitter. <laughs> and a good, like, 30 million ever reading that going, what the hell's Much he doing? more than that. <laughs> like, who the hell's he doing? I'm oh, going to get... Yes. Ten year, there's at least a million people, at least a million people who are consciously aware of Hacker and don't have a debilitating mental condition. A few of them. <laughs> I didn't... But ironically, I didn't know... What's Spit the Dog still doing on telly? Only today someone said, I mean, you spit the dog to me. Today when I was out at oh, Blue God. Peter Garden... <laughs> And I Bob said, Carol G's, you're looking good. Well, he said this fellow said to me, he's not spit the dog. I said, no, it's Hacker, he's on telly now. He goes, oh, but that, oh yeah, he died, didn't he? I said, he's not died. <laughs> Bob Carroll is still alive. He's in <laughs> candle shopping for Odgem. Maybe spit the dog died. Perished. Perished in many a fire. Um, the irony is, of course, I <laughs> As didn't... opposed to those lovely fires I had we never have. seen Dwayne Johnson in anything. See, I find that weird, because... But then again, he was he was a part of my childhood as a wrestler and not, in not recent mine, years as, as, a, as a producer, I, as a performer. Um, my wrestler of choice was Big Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Big Daddy? Shirley Crabtree. You don't remember him? Big Daddy from the <laughs> 80s. I don't remember the 80s. He's a picture of him now. I wasn't here for it. It's audio. God damn it. I'd have so, to pay Big Daddy's estate if we so tried to picture of Big Daddy. I interviewed The Rock. Who's the other guy I was with at the time? Uh, 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 Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart, Jack that Black, Jack and The Rock, and... all three of them. Yeah. I'd never seen Kevin Hart in anything. I'd never seen The Rock in anything. You've definitely seen Jack Black. like Jack Black. He films. loves you. I know he does, and he's a nice bloke, but I don't like any of his films. As a musician, I want you to listen to Tenacious D, because I think you'd enjoy it. I don't like it. it. How do you know? I don't like it. What, what the clown? I don't like it, <laughs> <laughs> um, But I'd never, I never liked him. Who's a guest that you don't mind saying disappointed or annoyed you? I don't think any of them have. They've always been... Really? There's been a few who don't quite understand what, what I'm doing. You know, I think that's <laughs> from my... Because people asked me about that, about my Prez days, and said, like, what guests didn't go on. I was like, I think I, I don't think I ever had experience with a horrible guest. No, but I don't I def- think I have. I had experiences with guests that... Because there, there are people who, when you, when you meet them, you go... Well, they're horrible and you can feel it I don't think we ever got that as guests but I think we got people who we got at either a bad time or who just didn't get it and their reaction was nope I'm not investing this is weird was, I don't like it probably is but I which kind of sucks because you're like come on like, do you know I literally don't in. remember it do you think of uh, Nick Jonas funnily enough talking Jumanji you interviewed him as well for that didn't was you was it the same bloke same bloke you know the, the younger bloke he did, so he did, the he did shout Saturday and he just didn't was I he just didn't know it was me and Shannon and he just didn't get it you know and it made, I... for, it made for three really sort of unpleasantly tense links I it was, was under really the weird. impression that I'd met him before but... I think he's great like see him and stuff and I think he's wonderful but I'm just like oh this is weird had I not met him before? Probably not. No, no. Ah, he might have recognised you because we got pictures of him with Dodge on that day. They wanted to get a picture with, but with one the, of the dogs. I was too. under the impression that I'd met him, but I don't remember. No, he probably saw. He probably saw Hacker and thought it was oh, I don't know. the then, dog he'd met before. The people I find a lot, uh, I really enjoy working with often, and I do. I have done work with them quite a bit. Is a cast of Coronation Street. Oh, they're lovely. But I, but, I but love I'm biased because I know one of them. Yeah, so. but I know most of them these days. So I've worked with them often, but I do watch that. It's my favourite program. So I like Hacker that. Time, didn't you? Very few Hacker Time. Tim, John, 
Did you, get, did you ever get Julie uh, Hesmanhalsh on No, Actime? we'd have booked, but they just wouldn't oh. do it. Then oh. we got Fizz in. So oh, we uh, Hag- Fizz played by... Oh, Jenny McAlpine. Jenny McAlpine. We did do a Corrie episode, yeah. Oh, she's lovely. I'm she's brilliant. We've met her a couple of times, yeah. Well, I did a thing with her on radio as well, a quiz on Radio Manchester. Another thing I enjoy doing is Hacker is radio. Yeah, because <laughs> is it because of the sweet irony and pointlessness of it? Partly. <laughs> and it is just funny. It's just funny. Well, people don't really know how to react, especially when you tend to do it with him. Well, there's no point taking, not taking him, I think, because it, looks, it just looks weird of me sat there doing the voice without him on there. It's better for reaction, because if, if, if the presenter's doing a serious piece, yeah. I can pull his face and try and crack him up without even speaking, which I can't really do on my own. Did you did you make um, Ian Bowles with crack? Oh, I've made him laugh more than once, yeah. Yeah. He would he'd deny that if he's listening to it. Really. Yeah, he will. <laughs> he bloody will, I imagine. But yeah, no, that's... Um, it's nice when you do meet lovely people and they're great and, and, they, and, and, they, and they dive in and get it. Most people are. Because it's scary. Do, I really can't think of anyone who hasn't. They mustn't. Over the years. I'm sure there have been, you know. <laughs> Okay, here's the big one. Do you think the Queen actually gave a damn when no. she came to watch us? Of course she didn't. <laughs> she was furious she had to go to Salford, I should think. <laughs> and I was furious that I'd been locked in the building since 8am. It's not even on the sat-nav. Because <laughs> it wasn't back then. Media, no, but Media City back then was just a blank glob on the on the sat-nav. Some would say it's to live. <laughs> she gave the, the Queen, Her Majesty the Queen, came to open... The, the woman off the money. Media City. Well, that's the thing. I'm not... I don't really sort of get the royal thing as it were but when she was in the room it's I suddenly odd, got it? a bit starstruck because I was like oh my god her face is on the money in my pocket I've got a picture in my pocket it is weird. Really weird isn't it weird yeah because you met you met a couple of royals right I haven't just the quick no, but over, over the years have you met any others I think I've not met any others to be fair you started with a well, majesty the best one I'm so. not about the others <laughs> But yes, she came to see the thing, and we had to. I'm not royalist we, at all, but we had to rehearse there is five a... hours before her yeah. visit, and then we had to stay. Couldn't in leave the, the building. The green room. Nobody could come in. Yeah, it was odd. It was very strange. But there is an unusual feeling when she comes in. It is weird, mm. even if you don't subscribe to it. It's isn't it odd? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's bizarre because you sort of go, "Oh, this is a thing." There's there's three or four other people in the room who are smiling in suits who are part of her thing, and you just know that one of them probably has an automatic weapon of some kind on them. And, like, one mm. of them is on a comms that we can't see, but it's so tiny the that they're, wire. like... Yeah, it's like, this is strange. It is strange, And there's, yeah. this, there's this air of... Like, put it this way. It's sort it, of indescribable. It, she comes in our room. Yeah. It's got to be a, it's got to be a tough job to feign interest all the time. But, you know, we told her that we get by on prayers, and that's just what we do. Um, I said I've got an handbag like yours to her. <laughs> and I said, would you like to tell the viewers that Jedward's Big Adventure's coming up next? And she went, oh, it's very good, isn't it? It wasn't, though. It wasn't, though. The repeat, maybe. It wasn't. That's what she said, wasn't it? You indulged it. A pre-scripted, a pre-scripted, her, yeah. pre-signed off, oh, it be signed off yeah. government-sanctioned bit of comedy. Yeah, I forgot what it was. And and then you got up and took a bow. Which is awful. It was on Red News at 10. Yeah. The bit of me and Warwick getting <gasps> up from oh, the no, desk on News no. at 10. Newsround used a clip of it on that afternoon, because you and me did that afternoon. No, you and Ian did that afternoon. Newsround did a clip of it, going straight into a link with you guys. And yeah. it was like, um, I'll tell you what, you've as just well, shown the nation was interesting. <laughs> the men beneath the desk. Outside, <laughs> on the piazza there, there was thousands and thousands of people. Do you remember? Yeah, just yeah. Rammed, wasn't it? it was Packhead. And that... I was living on site at the time, so I didn't mind. That clip... It took me 20 minutes to get out of the building, but I still only had a one-minute walk home. The- they had a camera crew that got piped out to the outside screen while the Queen was in our studio, if you remember. I did not know that, actually. That big screen on the piazza. Oh, my days. I did not know that. Yeah. They were watching oh, it. Oh, that's weird. Then Warwick and I stood up at the end, which we didn't do in the rehearsal, I'm Yeah, yeah, Joe you saved it. Up. 
we weren't going to do it. Joe Godwin. Oh, he said you were not allowed to do it, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we did, and then we went out. You also time. wore full suits. Yeah, just for a laugh. Which is so. great. Me and Ian had to just wear our usual like check and nonsense makeup, microphone. Yeah. But the funny thing was, Warwick and I went out at lunchtime, <laughs> and all these people in the piazza were going, oh, "I recognise you from telly." No, we never get recognised. But then that day, so it was the first time, and that on that news at ten that night, they showed that clip of me and Warwick standing up behind the desk. So for the next day, we were recognised. Mm. For a whole day. And then it's then it didn't ever again, but it never happens a cup of tea. You say that, but you're dressed as Keith Teeth. Which I've been known to. Which you've been known to do. Or just say anything nowadays. One in a slightly gruffer voice than your own. I was recognised once voice-wise in the O2 shop in the Trafford Centre when I was complaining about my contract. Someone's <laughs> behind me turned and said, Are you hacking the dog? <laughs> and that's the only time it's ever happened. Rec- yeah. What did you say to that? Just like, yeah. I said, I do, do, do. Now give me these 600 minutes. <laughs> Or I'll strike you. I was furious. With my rod My hand. phone had broken and it was raining. <laughs> and the trophy centre is evil. So what you're saying is, people could only recognise you when you're livid. Yeah, or damp. <laughs> and on that and note. I was both on that night. And on that note. <laughs> Phil, thank you so much. Thank you, I'd loved that. For, yeah. for sitting down to chat outside of the confines of CBBC HQ or whatever the hell it will be known. You could have used when that. people listen to this in the future. You could have used that as a, as a good opportunity then to plug the name of the podcast then, but you didn't. I didn't. I, I went the again. wrong way. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm doing it again. <laughs> Out of the broom cupboard. Uh, first inaugural. No, you should have said something like um, away. That was a lovely chance to get to chat to you. Out of the broom cupboard. Yeah. Do it again. Okay. That was a lovely chance to get to chat to you, Phil. Out of the broom cupboard. A podcast which I have to give more information about now, unfortunately. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, thank you. And we'll, we'll get you back again because there's more stories I want to tell. I did enjoy that, yeah. Uh, if folks want to see or hear more of Phil and you're not already, consider becoming a patron on the old patreon.com slash OOTBC because uh, you're going to see some puppety fun. And maybe also some fun puppets. No. But until next time, I've been Chris Yonker Johnson, and I'm just an oaf. Yeah, my oaf. Yeah. Aw. The nation's oaf. Say goodbye, hacker. Goodbye, hacker. Oh, God. <laughs> Out of the Broom Cupboard, episode one, features special guest Phil Fletcher. The theme music is Break Time by Kevin McLeod, available from incompetech.com. To support future episodes of Out of the Broom Cupboard, gain early access to the downloads, as well as an invite to the Discord server to send in questions for future guests and see exclusive announcements, as well as exclusive video content, head to patreon.com slash OOTBC and make a donation. Thanks for listening. See you next time. <laughs>